Hello and welcome to The Lone Ranger from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. With a speed of light, a cloud of dust, and a hearty high of silver, the Lone Ranger. faithful Indian companion Tonto, the daring and resourceful masked rider of the plains led the fight for law and order in the early western United States. Nowhere in the pages of history can one find a greater champion of justice. Return with us now to those thrilling days of yesteryear. From out of the past come the thundering hoofbeats of the great horse Silver. The Lone Ranger rides again. Come on, Silver. Let's go, Victor. Hail, Silver. The first edition of the Clarion created an uproar in Silver City. Tonto listened to the talk in all the cafes and after obtaining a copy of the newspaper, rode out of town to the camp where the Lone Ranger was waiting. Oh, Scott, oh, father. Oh. Here, here, newspaper, Kimasabi. You read it. Oh, thank you, Tonto. Fellow named Taylor, editor of paper. Yes, Rex Taylor, the fighting editor of Dodge. So he started again in Silver City, huh? Ah. I never met him, but he's a good man. Silver City can use him. Well, you not meet Taylor, but you meet Taylor's boy. You save boy's life in Dodge when house burned down. Oh, yes. You give boy silver bullet. Father tells story in paper and him thank you. We were a long way from Dodge when we saw that paper. Ah. And what fellow say now? The truth, just as he always does. He says that John Macklin is running Silver City, that Sheriff Keating and Dan Bowden, the land commissioner, are in his pay. Oh, full column about Bowden. The government's opening the far side of the ridge to prospectors. 
And Bowden hasn't announced when they can begin staking their claims. Taylor accuses him of knowing the date, having already received word from Washington. Why him not tell miners? So that Macklin and his men can file on all the choice claims. At least that's Taylor's accusation. All town talk about paper. Me hear Macklin men in cafe. Maybe them break up Taylor's office. You heard them say that, Toto? Uh, when? Maybe tonight. We'll ride into town as soon as it's dark, Kimosabe. We'll warn Taylor and offer him our help. And that good. As darkness fell in Silver City that night, Rex Taylor lit the lamp in the rear of his newspaper office. With him were his daughter Joan and his son Kit, the girl 18, the boy just 10. You two shouldn't be here. You can't get rid of us, Dad. I should say not. I'm named after Kit Carson, aren't I? If there's any trouble, you're going to get down behind that counter and stay there. Is that understood? Dad, listen, out and back. This might be what we've been waiting for. Who's there? Hand me the six-gun kit. Here. A mask, man. You covered, mister. Now on your way. Please believe me, Rex. I'm your friend. Oh, here. Perhaps this will help to prove it. What's that? Oh, it's a silver bullet. Just like the one I got in my collection. A silver bullet? It's him. It's the same mask, man. Howdy, mister. Hello, kit. Come in, sir. This is a proud moment for me. For all of us. Thank you. And uh, this must be Tonto. Not right. My my business is words, but I can't find the right ones just now. You found a good money for the first edition of the Clarion. Have you read it? Yes, Rex. John Macklin isn't the type of man to let a challenge like that go unanswered. Yes, I know it. Quick, get out, all of you. Tonto, the lamp. Uh What is it? Saw the shadows across the street. There go our wind. Keep down. I'll answer their fire. The Lone Ranger and Tonto emptied their guns. With incredible speed, they reloaded and fired again. For five minutes, they kept up their barrage. And when they holstered their guns, the street outside was quiet. Macklin's men had stolen away. Oh, that's what I call shooting. Well, they won't be back tonight, that's sure. They may. Let's see how much damage has been done. Just the windows. The counter protected the press. We may find some bullets in with our type, but we can sort them out. Eh? You can still operate? Of course. And we intend to. And we're not scared, are we, Sprout? Not with the masked men around. I should say not. Kim Wasabi, man, stop out in front. It's Gene. Oh, don't shoot at him, Tonto. He's the man I'm going to marry. Gene's a good boy, masked man, in spite of the fact that he's one of the sheriff's deputies. One of Sheriff Keating's deputies, and he's a friend of yours? Well, he's new to town. Oh. He uh, didn't know what he was getting into when he took the job. Oh. In the back, Gene. Come on in. Step right through the window. But how can he take Keating's orders? Because Keating really lets him enforce the law. That is up to a point. Hello, Rex. Well, hello, Gene. Who did this, Joan? I'll give you one guess. Hey, who's this masked man? Keep your hand away from that gun. An Indian. Gene, they're friends of ours. Good friend. A masked man and an Indian? Will you listen to me? This is Tonto. Oh. Tonto. Then he's... And the masked man is the law. Oh, you don't have to tell me now, Joan. Welcome to Silver City, mister. We sure need you. You should have seen him and Tano drive those crooks away. Yes. And, Mr. Deputy, where were you when the shooting was going on? I just this moment got back into town, Joan. The sheriff sent me out to the ridge to make sure there weren't any prospectors camping out on the other side. 
He wanted to make sure you were out of the way. I can see that now, mister. And he'll always manage to have me out of the way when something like this happens. If I'm through, Joan, I'm going right over and turn in my bed. I knew you would before long. I thought that as long as I was a deputy, I'd have some chance of helping people like you. But it's no use. No, Gene. When you're on the wrong side, you can never be right. Uh, you've got something there, mister. It's about time I declared myself. Just don't take any chances with Macklin's gunman. Take care of yourself until you're wearing the star. What's that? You'd make a good sheriff. Don't you agree, Rex? I sure do, but how can... Let's figure that out while Gene is having his talk with Keating. Come back here after you finish, Gene. Right. When Gene opened the door of the sheriff's office, he saw four men sitting around the sheriff's desk. One was Keating himself. The second was John Macklin, the owner of the Silver Lady Cafe and the Silver Hotel, the boss of the town. The third was Ben Trask, Macklin's lieutenant. And the fourth was Dan Bowden, the land commissioner. The sheriff smiled at the young deputy. Hello, Gene. Back from the ridge already? Yes. Find anything? No, the ridge is as clean as a hound's tooth. That's fine. We can't have anybody staking claims ahead of time. When can the prospectors move in, Bowden? Uh, the, uh, the notice will be posted in plenty of time. As soon as he receives word from Washington. Perfectly correct, Mr. Macklin. Perfectly correct. Most people seem to think the 10th. It's the 6th already. As soon as I receive word from Washington. Are you sure you haven't received it already? What? Are you insinuating that I deliberately withhold information from the public? No, of course not, Dan. Gene meant nothing like that. Gene, I have a little job for you. Is that so? Mr. Macklin is sending a pack train to San Francisco tomorrow morning. I've promised that you'd go along as a guard. Oh, won't you need me here when the rush starts? Oh, we'll manage somehow. This is a very valuable shipment. Well, you'll have to find someone else, Sheriff. I'm quitting. What? There's my badge. What's the meaning of this? You heard me. I'm quitting. But why? Yes, I'm interested in that, too. Why are you quitting, Gene? Because the only reason you've kept me on the payroll is because you didn't want me on the other side. Me keep you on the payroll? You mean the sheriff, don't you? I mean you. <laughs> yes, you're right. I've kept you on the payroll. But you're wrong about the reason. There is no other side in Silver City. There may be before long. Never, Gene. Not until I move on to greener fields. And at the moment, there are no greener fields in Nevada. I'm not here to argue. To what your men did to Rex Taylor's newspaper office tonight, I'm fed up. And I'm quitting. Good night. Maybe, uh, maybe I'd better post the notice tomorrow. You'll post it at noon on the 8th, after my claims have been staked. Well, it's, uh, there's nothing really illegal about it. Well, uh, I'm glad you think that way. Sheriff, you'll keep everybody off that ridge until the same time. Sure thing, Mac. I understand perfectly. And uh, Ben. Yeah? You keep an eye on young Cardwell from now on. Right, boss. If he gets rambunctious, he'll end up playing dead. Gene returned to the newspaper office. The broken windows had been boarded up, and the front door was locked. Open up. It's Gene. Gene, what do you think? We're getting out another edition of the Clarion tonight. Just one page, but it's going to have more sting than a scorpion. Dad's calling for a town meeting in the square for tomorrow night. He's saying it's time that we elected a new sheriff. 
and that you're the man for the job. Nobody will come to the meeting that's scared of Macklin right out in front of the Silver Hotel. You leave that to the masked man. Oh, is he still here? In back with Paul. Come on. I got something I want to tell both of them. All in the territory provide that local officials should be elected by a town meeting. That's the ticket. Time has come for Silver City to overthrow its one-man rule. Reassert its belief in democratic principles. I've got it now. I've got something myself. Oh, what's that, Gene? Macklin and Trask and Dan Bowden were in the sheriff's office when I got there. Yes? I asked Bowden point blank when the prospectors could stake the western side of the ridge. Naturally, he didn't tell you. No, he stalled. But I'm sure that he's had word from Washington. And I've got an awful hunch the date is before the 10th. That would make a fine news story for this edition of the Clarion, Rex. Uh, yes, before the 10th. I guess isn't good enough, though. We must know the exact date. Know it for sure. There's one man who can tell us. And who is that? Bowden himself. Where does he live? In back of his office. What are you going to do? Come on, Toto. We'll be waiting for Bowden when he gets home. The Lone Ranger and Toto rode along in back of the buildings on the main street until they reached the commissioner's office. There they dismounted. One of the windows was open, and they climbed into the room where Bowden lived. Well, nothing to do now but wait, Tonto. That's right. Half an hour passed, and then they heard the front door open and close. A man's footsteps passing through the office. The door of the room opened. The man entered the room and went to the table. He struck a match and lit the lamp. What the... You're covered, Bowden. A masked man and an Indian. What are you doing here? What do you want? I, I haven't got any money. We're not interested in money. I want to see all the papers you have in your pocket. Papers? I Hurry haven't up, any. Bowden. All right, all right. Here they are. Watch him, Toto. Uh, let me do it. This letter might be the... Your authority to open the west slope of... Yes. At 8 o'clock on the morning of the 8th. I'll take this letter. You can't. It'll be returned to you as soon as a copy's been made. All right, let's go, Toto. Uh The Lone Ranger and Toto left by the window. But as soon as they had mounted and started away, Bowden was calling for help. Help! Help! I've been robbed! Hey, Bowden, what's the matter? Macklin, a masked man and an Indian... They stole the letter from the government. There they go. Stop them. The curtain falls on the first act of our Lone Ranger story. Before the next exciting scenes, please permit us to pause for just a few moments.
Now to continue our story. After leaving Dan Bowden's office, the Lone Ranger and Tonto rode back to the office of the Clarion. Rex Taylor heard them rein up and opened the rear door as they dismounted. Did you get Bowden to talk? We did better than that. Read this letter. Let's see it. All you have to do is print it with a line above. Dan Bowden, District Land Commissioner, received the following letter from the Department of the Interior. Eight o'clock on the morning of the 8th. This tells the whole story. How long will it take you to run off the edition, Rex? A couple of hours. Gene. Right here, mister. You know where we can find a half a dozen men to help us distribute the papers? Sure thing. How about some of the boys camped outside of town? They'll jump at the chance. Good enough. I don't know I'll ride out there with you. My horse is in front. We'll meet you there, then. Right. Better work, Rex. I'll print a paper for every man in town. Good. Steady, big fellow. One, hello, Come on, come When John Macklin had heard the complete story of the Lone Ranger's visit to the land office, he ordered Ben Trask to find the masked man and the Indian and get the letter back at any cost. Ben routed his confederates out of the Silver Lady and they searched the town. It was nearly two hours later when he reported to Macklin at the sheriff's office. Well? Uh, no sign of him. Now what are you doing back here? I told you to find him. Well, he isn't in town. What's the matter with outside of town? Oh, but boss, to look through all the canyons and valleys around here would take a week. Besides, there's something you ought to know. What's that? We heard the press going at the clarion office. We couldn't see inside, of course, because it's all boarded up now. But he's printing something. I'm not interested in Rex Taylor. I want that letter. Well, what if he's printing copies of it? What if he hired the masked man to get it? That's possible, Mac. You know what he printed in the clarion about me. Yes. Yes, it's more than possible. Well, this is a job for you, Sheriff. What? For me? You could have my men to back you up. But what do you want me to do? Get into that office and find out what Taylor's up to. Oh, I'm an officer of the law. I can't break in there. You heard what I said. Get in there. And if he's got that letter, arrest him. For theft. For receiving stolen goods. That's a criminal offense. The letter should have been posted on your bulletin board days ago. If I try to get it back, it involves me in your Don't scheme. talk like a fool, Sheriff. You're involved up your neck right now. Stop wasting time and get over to Taylor's shop. You and the boys go with him, Ben. Sure. And hurry. Right. At the newspaper office, Rex, Joan, and Kit were hard at work. The run had nearly been completed, and the boy and girl were stacking the freshly inked sheets... Yeah, that's enough. We're all ready for the mask, man. They should be back soon. Yeah, that's them. Shall I open up, Pop? We'll make sure who it is first. Who's there? It's Sheriff Keith. <gasps> open up in the name of the law. Dad, the letter. Here, kid, take it. I'll let you out the back door. You run down to the land office and slip it inside somehow. Don't let anybody see you. Don't worry, I won't. Taylor! What do you want? You can't come in without a warrant. Quick, Joan. We'll try to hide the papers under that tarp in the corner. There's nothing in here that doesn't belong to me. You've got no warrant. The first man that comes through that door gets shot. I know my rights. That's right, Joan. Cover him up with the tarp. I'm getting my gun loaded. I'll take the sixth gun. You keep down behind the counter. I'm warning you, Sheriff. I'll shoot the first man who steps inside. I've got my gun leveled at the door. 
dead. It's given way. Oh, the masked man and Tonto and Jean should be here soon. Soon? Won't be soon enough. Well, maybe you hadn't better shoot. It doesn't do you any good to be in the right if you have to. Could that be them? It must be. It could be more of the sheriff's men. No, no. Sheriff's men are answering their fire. Oh, why don't we take the papers and slip out the back way? It, because we don't have to. The sheriff and his varmints are running away. It does sound like Come on. The door's almost broken in. Well, you got here just in time, mister. Who are those men? Well, the sheriff was one of them. He said he was looking for stolen property. The letter? I sent Kit back to the land office. Oh, there he is, coming in the back way now. I wouldn't let the sheriff in because I was afraid he'd take the papers. Are they all printed? Right inside, mister. Well, we're all ready to distribute them. Easy, steady, big fella. Steady, boy. All right, let's go, men. The Lone Ranger and the men that Gene had recruited saw that a copy of the Clarion was left at every store, house, cafe, cabin, and tent in Silver City. And by noon of the next day, everyone in town had read it. Indignation rose high against Macklin, Bowden, and the sheriff. But Macklin only laughed and crumpled the paper in his fist. <laughs> Elect a new sheriff. A town meeting in the square. <laughs> in the square, Keating. What do you think of that? I, I don't know what to think. Afraid for your job? Well, they certainly won't elect me. They won't elect anybody. There isn't going to be any election. If all the people in town get together in the square tonight... Yeah? Well, what happens then? I don't see how you can stop them. Well, that's easy. The Silver Hotel fronts on the square. There'll be rifles sticking out of every second-story window. If anybody steps into the square tonight, they'll stop lead. You won't even let them hold a meeting? Why should I? No, Sheriff. There isn't going to be any meeting. Oh, Ben. Pass the word along. I want everybody to report here at 5 o'clock. Right, boss. At dusk that evening, the townspeople saw Macklin's men take their places in the second-story windows of the Silver Hotel, their guns drawn and ready for action. No one ventured out on the main street until after dark, and even then the square remained empty. It was clear that Macklin intended to prevent the town meeting. A few men had gathered in front of the newspaper office carrying pine torches, and it was there that Rex Taylor conferred with the Lone Ranger. I figured we'd march from here down to the square, but with those guns waiting for us, it don't seem healthy. It isn't, Rex. We'll have to wait a while. Well, it looks to me like we'll have to wait all night. Macklin won't be moving, that's sure. He doesn't intend to, but we may be able to change his mind. But how? Todd and I are going to pay him a visit. You, you're going to the Silver Hotel alone? We won't be using the front entrance. Now, uh... I'll fire three shots and it's safe for you to march down to the square. Just the few of us here? The whole town will be following you by the time you get there. And it'll be safe? You won't hear my signal if it isn't. You ready, Toto? Uh, me ready. See you later, X. There was a guard on duty in the rear of the Silver Hotel. 
Silently, the Lone Ranger and Toto crept up on him. Then the masked man sprang forward. The guard's arms were pinioned to his side, and the hand was clapped over his mouth. In a few minutes, the guard was bound and gagged, and the Lone Ranger and Tonto entered the hotel. The cook in the kitchen was overcome as quickly and received the same treatment as the guard. Then the masked man and the Indian climbed the back stairs to the second floor. They slipped into the dimly lit corridor and hurried along it until they reached the room where they knew Macklin was waiting. In the exact center of the building, a room that opened onto a balcony. The Lone Ranger's hand was on the doorknob when the door swung open and the sheriff was confronting the masked man. Here, Get back, you? sheriff. Don't make a sound. What's going on here? You're covered, Macklin. All the rest of you, up against the wall. And keep quiet. What do you think you're doing? You understand gun talk, Macklin. From now on, you're going to do exactly as I say. Uh, what's that? First, step out on the balcony, where all your men can see you and hear you. All right, move. Far enough. Tell your men to drop their guns to the ground. And suppose I won't. If you don't, Mac. No, 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 don't shoot. Hurry up, then. Tell them you've decided to let the meeting be held in the square. Go on. Men! I must change my mind. I'm calling a deal off. We're going to let them elect a new sheriff. Tell them to drop their guns. Drop your guns out of the window. Make them do it or you'll answer for it. That's an order. I said drop your guns and make it fast. You can't see the hombre in back of me, but he's got a gun in my ribs. We've got to play the game his way. Now drop your guns. Tell them to stay right where they are. Stay where you are. Good. I'll give Taylor a signal to come ahead. Rex Taylor started down the main street toward the square. The Lone Ranger was right. The whole town started to follow him. And when they had reached the square, the masked man shouted down to Rex. These men are unarmed, Rex. You'll find their guns on the ground. You'd better send someone up here to keep them covered while you hold your election. That's a job for you, Gene. Pick out the men you want as your The election was held, and Gene Cardwell became the new sheriff of Silver City. Then all of the prospectors helped him escort Macklin and his men to jail. You got no right to put me in jail. What's the charge? To start out with Macklin, it's shooting up the clarion office. I got 20 witnesses that you and Ben Trask were the leaders of that gang. Well, you won't keep me in jail for long. <laughs> Unless you change your tune and your ways, you'll be spending most of your time there from now on. So you think you've won? We know we've won. Well, it wasn't your fault. If it wasn't for that masked man, I'd still be running this town. <laughs> I grant you that. But he's on our side, and that means we're going to have some law and order around here. You see, Macklin, that masked man is the Lone Ranger.
This is a product of the Lone Ranger Incorporated, created and produced by George W. Trendle, directed by Fred Flowerday, and edited by Fran Stryker. The part of the Lone Ranger is played by Brace Beamer. Brace Beamer.